All right, 215-592-9494. We're going to ask the callers to hang in for a couple of minutes. We will grab you pretty soon. But, Ray, it's time for this week in Philadelphia Sports History, brought to you by Shy Vintage Sports, where there's a story in every stitch. Check out their throwback apparel at their center city location or shybesports.com. Ray, some weeks, you know, when I go through the calendar, it's it's a little challenging. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like uh, 1972, this guy scored 40 points, and yeah, that's okay. You know, it's like, well, this week I didn't even have to think about it because um, certainly the greatest moment of my experience as a Philadelphia sports fan, uh, coupled only with the Phillies winning the 2008 World Series, occurred four years ago yesterday, Ray. Mm-hmm. Does it feel like four years or more or less to you? It's funny. In some ways, it feels like it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, it feels like a long time ago. <laughs> Very well said. I agree. I really agree. There's parts of it that just stick with me. As, and I think like, oh, God, that was, that was way back then. And then there's other times like part of it is I don't have a lot of I, – I don't see any of our teams getting back to that big stage anytime really soon. So I, I'm, I want to cherish it. And part of cherishing it, I'm going to ask everybody to hang in. Uh, I heard this yesterday on the midday show, and I thought it was terrific. It's a three-minute Merrill montage where Merrill Reese and Mike Quick take you through Super Bowl 52. Ray, you ready for that? Absolutely, I'm ready for it. All right, Dan, let's hit it. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to Super Bowl 52. We are here. We are He's back. He steps up. He is going deep, and it is caught by Alshon Jeffrey for a by Alshon Jeffrey. Alshon Jeffrey, I'm magnificent. He comes right back to Blunt. Blunt across the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5. The train is in the end zone. Unbelievable blocking. Great play call. We knew he was going to be aggressive. He told us that he was going to stay aggressive. He loves this. Boom. Moves to the right. It goes directly to Clement. Clement reverses it. And the pass goes into the end zone. To Nick Foles. And Fultz. it's a touchdown by Nick This play call has a chance to be remembered as one of the all-time greats. And that was something we've been working on, and Doug and I were talking. I was like, let's just run it. And Matt Patricia, defensive coordinator for New England, he's over there scratching his beard. He is going deep, and is it a touchdown? It is. It is a touchdown! A 22-yard touchdown to Clement. This is crazy. I've been dreaming about this moment. Now I can see what it feels like. Looks, fires out in the flat, running with the football, and coming up close to another first down. Is Aguilar, and he picks it up. Aguilar tonight has stepped up bigger than ever. Back goes Foles, fires, slant, touchdown! Zach Ertz, he caught it, he bobbled it, he never let it drop, and he finished with the football. If they would have overturned that, I don't know what would have happened to the city of Philadelphia. So glad they didn't overturn it. Boy, if the Eagles could come up with their one turnover of the game right here, that would be ceiling. Brady back again. He steps up, he's hit. Fumbled and he fumbles the football and the Eagles have it. It is recovered by Barnett. Brandon Graham rips the football out of the hands of Tom Brady. With 209 remaining to be played. And boy, oh boy. Brandon Graham, Ricky Brandon Graham. He said we needed to play. If we got one more opportunity, we're going to give everything we got. And I just so happened to get there. Here is a 46-yarder to give the Eagles an eight-point lead. And the kick is 
taken Jake Elliott's life right there. Nine seconds left. Eagles by eight. Brady, he steps up. He's hit. He stumbles. He is throwing it deep for the end zone, and it is batted around and incomplete. And the game is over. The game is over. The Philadelphia Eagles are Super Bowl champions. Eagles fans everywhere, this is for you. If there's a word called everything, that's what it means to Eagles fans everywhere. Super Bowl MVP, Nick Foles. Nick Foles, the GOAT, a legend. That's his name in stone. It's not about how hard you get hit. It's about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. That's how winning is done. That's been this team all year. And they're bringing back the Lombardi Trophy to Philadelphia. Broad Street, get ready. We are having a parade. Oh, Ray. Ray, I gotta, t- I gotta go take a shower. <laughs> God, it was so great. Yeah, it never gets old, does it? Uh, it sure doesn't. And by the way, if you ever want to have fun, um, go on Google and type in Merrill Cam uh, for that Super Bowl, <laughs> because the Eagles did a really smart thing a couple of years ago, which is they started filming. There's just a stationary camera that films Merrill and Mike as they call the games. Mm-hmm. And you see Merrill as he's doing it because we hear Merrill, but you never see him. And you see his excitement during this thing and the people in the booth get excited. And actually, at the end, Merrill's son, who's a who's a filmmaker, right? Uh, Nolan, like runs in and hugs his dad after that last. But it's really cool. So if you ever want to just go to Merrill camp. Um, you know what else strikes me, Ray, about that whole thing? Um, that montage? None of those guys are still here. Yeah, Graham's here. Elliot's here. Kelsey's here. Right. I don't know if any of the other names that were said during the three minutes are still here, but whatever. It was great. I mean, uh, you know, holding together a, a sports team is like trying to walk around with it with water in your hand. It's just like it, it's it's going to fall away. But oh my god, it was great. It was great. Any get, just give me. Uh, actually, here's what I want to do. Um, hold on one second, Greg and Jerry. I, I will get you guys in a, in a minute or two. Uh, one of the things that I. Th- think everybody remembers is their day that day what they did before the Super Bowl how they watched the Super Bowl what they did after the Super Bowl I did oh I did a show on WIP and then I did the pregame show in front of a crowd of like a couple hundred people who were just all crazy with anticipation and then I drove home as fast as I could and watched the Super Bowl with my dad and my my brother-in-law and my nephew who was 14 I think at the time and like a lot of different generations of people and it was we just we were jumping up and down in my house right and I will just always remember the joy of that for you well you had a pretty special day so I I just want to start because a lot of people remember that you did a pregame show and they said like hey let's do something fun we'll get the guys from NBC Sports in Boston and then we'll like have them debate Ray and it, Ray, as I recall, it went south pretty fast. Yeah, it did. It was their idea. They, they, we did, they actually did two pregame shows. We did one that was our typical Eagles pregame live with, um, you know, with Michael, me, Barrett, and Seth. Uh, and then they said, well, we're going to also do a, a second hour, which is going to be um, Philly versus Boston. Uh, and it's going to be you guys and the Boston guys because we have an NBC. We have a comparable kind of an NBC Sports Boston thing. And we'll bring you. We'll bring the two shows together, and you guys can just fight it out. You know, just have a debate and all. And 
boy, did they get the wrong guy for yeah, that. Yeah, and I and I I, I told it was uh, I told the 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 news director. I said, no, f- count me out. I'm not. I, I don't want to do that because I know what it's going to. I know what it's going to devolve into. I know what it's going to be. It's going to turn into a shout fest, and people are going to be hollering at each other, and you know, saying stupid things. And you know, no, I I don't want to. I don't want to do that. And they basically said to me, no, you you are doing it. Right, we paid your way. Here. Yeah, you yeah, well, you you are doing it. And so they said, you're on for one segment. Just do the best you can. And so they put me on a segment with a, with a guy from, it was Michael and me, and then a guy from Boston, a talk show guy from Boston, and Albert Breer, who the, who's the uh, 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 NFL Network guy. Yeah. And it, it started out okay, and, you know, I kind of tried to do my usual X's and O's thing. And then, you know, then the Boston guy <laughs> jumped in. The Boston guy jumped in and started taking on ripping Philadelphia and ripping Philadelphia fans and how violent they are. And when I go to a sporting event in Philadelphia, I always think I'm going to get a metal chair in the back of my head. And. And I just, you know, I'd had enough. And I, I, you know, to me, it was just so irresponsible and so stupid that I, that I finally, I finally just, you know, answered him back and just told him he was wrong. And, um, and I felt, I felt kind of silly doing it because this, this was, this was exactly the kind of television that I wanted to avoid. And here I was doing it. Oh, you underplay what you did. Because here's why you didn't resort to silliness. You didn't get involved in a pillow fight. You basically took out a machete and speared him in the gut and left him behind to die in the street. That's what you did. <laughs> well, most and it be- was beautiful and it was brilliant. And I've heard it. I don't need to play it now, but I've heard it. And I've heard your retort to his nonsense, calling specific examples in the old Schaefer Stadium and so on. And you were you were magnificent. Yeah, but what I basically did was I said that that the New England fans to me were front runners. The Patriot fans were front runners. They had totally ignored the Patriots for years and years and years. They were so far behind the Red Sox, the Bruins, and the Celtics up there that nobody cared about them until they started to win. And then until they started – then when they started to win, then all of a sudden everybody got happy. And, you know, and to me that's, that's not really being a fan. That's just uh, – you're a fan of convenience. You know, you, they started to win, and, okay, here I am. You know, well, that's not the way it works. That's not the way it's supposed to work. It's certainly not the way it works in Philadelphia. So anyway, I, so I had my moment with him, and then – and then we all have to go to the same trailer and watch the game. They had one. <laughs> NBC had one trailer outside the stadium with one yeah. TV, yeah. and all the Philly guys and all the Boston guys uh, were all in the same trailer. What can can you imagine? Oh, can, fun times! Can you imagine? And especially and, that game because that game was so back and forth, and there's so many plays. As, as I recall, you told me like that when when uh, Philly special happened, they're like, "Nah, that's no good. They can't line up like that." Yeah. Yeah, well, for, right. well, the, 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 the leading up to that, you know, when, when they call the timeout with, with just time for, for the one play and they got the ball the one-yard line on the fourth down, um, this one Boston guy who, God, he was so obnoxious. He was so cocky. And, you know, they, they said, what are they calling, time, what are they calling timeout for? They're going to kick the field goal. And I said, uh, no, I don't think they're kicking a field goal. Have you seen the Eagles this year? This, trust me, they're not kicking a field goal here. No, they got to kick a field goal. Was this coach a moron? You know, you got to take the three points. So then – Foles comes back on the field and he says, "Oh my God, they are going to run this by. How stupid can this? How stupid is this guy going to be?" And then, of course, they run Philly special, and it's a touchdown. And uh, and the guy says to me, nah, and the first thing he says is, when it happens, he says, "Nah, nah, 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 nah that can't be legal. That, that's there's got to be there's got to be something wrong with that. That the way they lined up that formation, now nah, that's got to be that's got to be illegal." And then when he sees it, when he sees it, it's not, and they're lining up to kick the extra point. He says, you know, what do they call that play anyway? And I said, well, in Philadelphia, we call it a touchdown. Oh, Ray, that's so brilliant. 
Oh, God, you're great. <laughs> you're great. By the way, um, that play, the, the referee of the game, Gene Steratore, is part of our best of Tell Us Your Story. Yes, he is. That we're playing at noon, and, and there is some description of that play. All right, so magnificent by you. And then I want to get to the post game because you did a post game. Mm-hmm. And understand, everybody in Philadelphia who watched that Eagles game and just was completely joyous afterward, it was, it was for so many people, the highlight of whether they're – Again, my nephew was 14, or whether you're 30 or 50 or 90, that was a highlight of your life as a fan. And I imagine the ratings for your postgame live that night were probably the highest they were ever. And you guys do the show, and it's fine. And then a special moment occurs. Yeah, yeah. Well, my son, the cameraman, who was David, who was there shooting the game. And, in fact, he's the guy that shot the the Philly special. He's the guy that... He was shooting the Nick Foles wire that day. Mm-hmm. And so he's the guy that actually filmed that exchange on the sidelines that allowed us to understand exactly how Philly special went down. My son got that shot, which I'm so proud of him for doing it. Um, but he had said to me before the game, he said, if, if the Eagles win this game, I'm going to find you wherever you're doing the postgame show. And I'm going to, you know, you and I are going to celebrate together. I'm gonna, we're gonna, I'm going to give you a big hug. And I said, you know, no, don't bother. At the end of, the, I don't, I don't know where, I don't know where we're going to be. I don't know where we're going to be set up. And nobody can find anybody after a Super Bowl. It's like New Year's Eve in Times Square. I said, so don't, don't even bother. You got your own thing to do. Just we'll, we'll celebrate back at the hotel. Well, you know, we're about half an hour into the postgame show on live TV, and as you said, to a, you know, just an astronomical TV audience back in Philadelphia. I mean, everybody has it on. Uh, and lo and behold, the, the door opens to the mezzanine booth that we're in, and who comes walking in but my son, who just comes walking right on, <laughs> comes walking right onto the set, and then, uh, okay, we have our hug right there on live television, and uh, you know, and I, I, you know, I've been holding in my emotions all that time, but uh, at that at that moment, it brought back so many memories, and it was uh, it was just a great feeling, and I just kind of I, I just kind of let it out, and I began, uh, you know, I broke down and started crying on the set, and it was. Uh, you know, it's it's. I was kind of embarrassed at the time because I, you know, it's it's live TV. My God, and millions of people are probably watching, and and here I am, you know, wiping away tears. But as it turned out, uh, when I came home, people loved it. You know, you and and they loved it for and they loved it for the reason that you said. They loved yeah. it for the reason that you said, which was everybody was doing exactly what we were doing at that at that very same moment. So it was. You know, it, it was like what was happening there in that booth was happening in every living room across the Delaware Valley. So people fully understood it, and they loved it, and I still hear about it to this day. It was a, it was a great moment for everybody. Again, you were everybody, and, I mean, not to say I told you so, but I remember as we were talking about this coming up, and I was saying, like, you know, you're going to really – it's going to be a big deal. And you're like, well, yeah, but I'm not a fan anymore. I, you know, I – and I knew, I knew, I knew. But it was great, and because it was for you, it was a connection with your dad too. Sure, yeah. Because I, 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 it took me back, and I thought about it all day. Was, you know, the last time the Eagles had won the world championship was 1960, and we were all at Franklin Field, and I was in the stands with my mother and my father and my grandparents, and we watched that together. And I kept thinking about that, and when they did win, and then there I was with my son at the game. Um, it took me back and it made me think about my parents and my grandparents and that whole moment at Franklin Field. And it was just really overwhelming and just and wonderful at the same time. It really was great. Yeah, uh, it, it was great. And it was a great day for everybody. And it's nice that this week we get to review it for our Scheib Sports moment. Greg in the Northeast has been hanging. What's up, Greg? 
Hey, Glenn. Hey, Ray. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it's my first time calling into the show. Well, but welcome I, but aboard. Been, nice to talk to you. Uh, I've been listening forever. I love you guys are my favorite Saturday morning go-to sports because, in my opinion, you are like two legends together. So that's pretty dope, in my opinion. Right? Thank you so much. Thanks, Greg. Okay. So now, hold on, though, Ray, because I got a little beef. Because, in my opinion, Wayne Gretzky is by far the greatest sports player athlete in the world over Tom Brady. Well, I mean, I, I'm certainly not going to argue. I'm certainly not going to argue against that. Make uh, the case. Hold I mean, on. Make, make the case. You, you said it, but back it up 60, first. 61 records when he retired. He still owns 60. He, in 20 years, he had 120 points in 15 seasons over 120 points, 15 seasons. I mean, his nickname, the great one he got when he was 10. Huh? So, eight yeah. consecutive heart trophies. Uh, come on, I, the guy in I, ten scoring titles. I can get four two hundred point seasons. There's so much to go yeah. on. Uh, no, listen, and and you're right about all those things. And and Ray, he stretched records beyond. Right. You know, he, I mean, he would lead lead the league in scoring almost double what the next guy had at a time when guys were scoring. Yeah. Right. He was minus ninety eight at one had a season minus ninety eight. On the ice. That's unbelievable. Wait, what do you mean he was minus 98? They allowed 98 goals in the ice. That's, that's, that's not a good thing. It's a bad stat, actually. If he was yeah, it's a terrible stat. Be great. Yeah, it's a, yeah, I, I would drop that from your case. So, no, Ray, well, no, I just it, it is – it is yeah, okay, and I appreciate it. And Ray, I it see is, some of the Sixers, too? Uh, yeah, hold on one second. It is okay. tough to compare – Athletes of other sports, other eras, but they're not exactly, you know, 100 years apart. Uh, in doing so, um, you know, it's, I don't know. I, I think i probably go Brady 1, Gretzky 2, Jordan 3. If I'm, but, I'm just taking the four major sports in my lifetime, mm-hmm. I think that would probably be my ranking. I mean, yeah, I don't. I don't want to get into Babe Ruth, and I don't want to get into Pele or Muhammad Ali. But if you just take the four team sports that we're familiar with, and you take the greatest of all time, I would probably go um, Brady, Gretzky, Jordan. I don't. Jim Brown. I don't know. I mean, who in ba- who's the best baseball player of the last fifty years? Bonds. Bonds, huh. probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not probably. Can't, I mean, can't he would even be. get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I mean it's uh, it's 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 very hard to compare. I mean it's hard to compare eras within the same sport, much less try to compare eras in different sports because they they are so different. But you know, I I, I listen. I, I you know, Greg Greg has a perfectly valid point. I mean, there's no question. Gretzky. Everybody said Gordy Howe was the greatest player, and then Gretzky completely eclipsed him in a different era. Uh, and you look at 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 the records that he set. Uh, and the and the numbers that he put up and the time that he put up, I mean, it was it was just it was just staggering how 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 he just dwarfed the other athletes in his sport. And you know, if I don't see, I don't know why it has to be a debate. I mean, I'm I'm perfectly fine just saying Wayne Gretzky was great and Tom Brady was great. They're both great. And if you're great, you're great. You know, I don't know I don't know why we all of a eh, sudden. That's have, what sports fans. I mean, we rate everything, right? Yeah, but it kind of gets silly after a while. I mean, I rate hamburgers, right? You know, it's like just whatever what you do. But you, it, it is there. There's a, I, here's what I will agree with you. There's no wrong answer between those two. Right, right, right. You know, if 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 I said uh, I'm I'm going to put uh, uh, 
Drew Brees uh, at the top of the list. Well, Drew Brees is a great player and a Hall of Famer, but he is not the greatest athlete of our time. I can't make a valid argument for that, but I could for either of those two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Ray. Uh, Jerry Christian, hang in. Anybody else wants to join us? We'll get you. 215-592-9494. And, uh, Ray, coming up, television recommendation. Pretty good show I saw. I'm going to tease you with this. Mm-hmm. You ever, Ray, see a show or a movie that when you like, when you watched it, you really, really liked it, and then like you thought about it afterwards, and you thought, well, wait a second. <laughs> a little bit of a plot hole there. You ever have one of those? Oh, I have those all the time. Where right. You, you, so, you leave the movie theater, you're in your, and you think, oh, that was good, and then you get halfway home and you say, wait a minute. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, I've had that moment all the time. So I have one of those with a TV show. So when I recommend it, I'm going to recommend it with reservation and tell you that I really enjoyed it. And then the next day I'm thinking, what about that guy? All right, we'll talk about that coming up. 215-592-9494. Don't forget, at noon, you really want to stick around for this. Tell us your story. Best of the first of uh, three that we are Put together uh, over the next couple of weeks, Ray and I have now done exactly 100 Tell Us Your Stories. Wow. You remember who the first one was? Was the first one Merle? Scott Fransky. Scott Fransky. I knew it was, I knew it was a broadcaster. Yeah, we did a lot of – at the beginning, we did Scott Fransky. We did Mark Zumoff. By the way, Zoo's going to join us as a guest next week. We did Merrill. Uh, and we've done well. We've done 100. I don't need to list them all. I think, one of the, I think maybe the first athlete we done might, might, did might have been Bernie, right? Uh, actually, I can I can look it up because I have it. So I know he was real. I know we did Bernie very early, but I know we went through all we went through the like the local broadcasters pretty early in it too. Right, here's the list. Here you go: Scott Fransky, Merrill Reese, Mark Zumoff, Charlie Manuel, Doc Emmerich, Mike Quick was the first athlete we did. But again, he's a broadcaster as well. So right, yeah, yeah. Wow, we, we've done a lot. I could just read the names for the next hour, and we'll just talk about these guys. And they were all good. They all had a story were, to tell, made, and they yeah. were all fun. Yeah, it was really a good time. All right, well, uh, we're going to give you a, a TV show to watch coming up. Ray and Glenn on 94 WIP. Excuse me while I find my ad copy. Here it is. It's cold winter. If the weather hasn't yet convinced you to replace your drafty and efficient windows and doors, maybe the great people at Guide a Door and Window can by extending their biggest discounts of the year through the end of February. Now, if you haven't taken advantage of Guide's big winter sale, here's another chance to do so. You receive 40% off every window and door you buy. That's 40% off each expertly installed energy-efficient replacement window, which also includes free high-performance low-E glass, and 40% off any high-quality door, including insulated entry doors, sliding patio doors, garage doors, and storm doors. And you can buy now and pay later with Guida's interest-free financing or low monthly payment plans. Act now. Offer is until the end of February, so don't let this final chance for big savings pass you by. If your home needs new windows or doors, call the experts at Guida today. Schedule a free in-home estimate. By the way, I just want to congratulate the family that owns Guida, the Lamonicos. They just had two little twin babies. Congratulations to Ron Sr. You're a grandfather. Nice for you. Uh, get your free estimate at one eight seven seven go guide or visit them at goguida.com. That's go, G-U-I-D-A.com.